Welcome to Collision Cast Fenderbender's podcast. I'm Anna Zek, editor of Fenderbender. Today kicks off one of the biggest weeks in the industry. It is the SEMA show happening out in Las Vegas. It's an exciting week as well because this is the first time that SEMA is happening since the COVID-19 outbreak happened last year. The show was canceled last year. Um, but it is back in Las Vegas. It has expanded significantly uh, and has a lot of new offerings. So our team is out there on the ground covering the show, and we have numerous podcast interviews that we will be bringing to you every day with all of those great industry leaders that are out there participating in the show. One of the ways that SEMA always kicks off is with the Best New Product Awards breakfast. Every year, SEMA solicits nominations in 17 different categories for Best New Products. One of those categories is Collision Repair. This year at that awards breakfast, which as always was hosted by Jay Leno, this time with an appearance by country singer Keith Urban, uh, but Kiko won the Best New Product Award in the Collision Repair and Refinish category for its glue pull repair system. So we have an interview for you with the owners of that product talking about their win. Well, I'm here with Chris White winner of the new product uh, for the Collision Refinish category. I appreciate you being here with me today. Uh, first, just tell me a little bit about the product and how it feels to, to win the award. Uh, thank you, Paul. Wow, this is amazing, actually. Uh, I didn't expect this at all. Certainly, uh, we are very excited about our Glupo repair system. Uh, it, we've entered the, the, the system and, and the new products with you know, knowing that, that what we're doing is, is, is something that people are excited about, that you know, uh, glupo repair as an alternate, less invasive way to fix a dent is very much gaining traction in collision. Um, so, but we we didn't expect this. So this this is wonderful. Yeah. For, obviously, this is collision repairers who are listening to this. Tell them a little bit about the product. What why they would want to take advantage of it and everything that you have going on. Right. Uh, so if 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 they don't know, um, you know, collision repair, of course, uh, is done conventionally by uh, grinding, uh, of course, the the paint away. You know, welding with you know either studs or wiggle wire, or whatever. Right. Um, and the problem with that is that it does you know damage the OEM front side of the finish as well as the back side. So. Um, you know, putting that backside e-code on is back on is very difficult. So, um, you know, with Glupo Repair, you just clean the panel and use hot melt adhesives that are specially formulated to um, uh, stick to the clear coat. And then we have a wide array of plastic tabs that basically use a large surface area to be able to pull those dents and to pull those dents uh, in a more controlled manner. Um, basically just getting a, a less invasive, better quality result on dent repair. We were talking about it a little bit before I press record, but just tell me how long it took to kind of get this product to come together. I mean, this is a lot of, lot of time and culmination went into to making this happen. Yeah, you know, we, we started actually years ago with a few little plastic hail tabs for uh, fixing hail dents on, on rails. You know, uh, PDR guys were uh, needing tabs to be able to pull dents on rails because there's no push backside access for them to push. Uh, and then we basically uh, thought, well, gosh, if, if you can do this on a small dent, why can't you do it on a large dent? And so we just grew the system exponentially uh, into 
a system that's capable of pulling over 1,500 pounds uh, in one single tap. So plenty of strength to be able to uh, pull any damage that is repairable by OEM standards in a, in a vehicle. So, Well, Chris, thank you so much for being with me and congrats again. All right. Thank you, Paul. As I mentioned before, it's a big year for SEMA and there are a lot of changes. The show has grown significantly in terms of square footage and has taken over an additional buildings, if you can believe it, across the street from the Las Vegas Convention Center. In addition, the Collision Repair Hall is in a new location this year. So there's a lot going on, which is why our staff writer, Paul Hodowanek, talked to Vice President of Events for the SEMA Association, Tom Gattuso, about those changes and what attendees can expect from the show this year. This year's got tons of attention with last year not being in person and, and a lot of anticipation as the event's back. It's Tuesday, the first day, just walking around. You can feel it in there. People are really, really excited to get back. Just chat with me a little bit about what went into making this and just having the year off and now kind of the anticipation of, of finally getting it going. It's, it's really hard to describe how much planning went into this event because I'm usually three years out with everything that we do. And the convention center was going through an expansion and a renovation project and COVID kind of happened right in the middle of that. So it threw our whole schedule off. So we've continually did scenario planning on the renovation and the expansion, but then we had to start doing scenario planning on COVID. So you know, to, I'm a trade show nerd by, by, by nature, and uh, planning is, is supposed to be what I do, but we plan this event 19 different ways, really. And, um, and for this to come together right now is the culmination of one of those plans. And really, we're happy to be able to bring the industry together and have this, this homecoming after a two-year hiatus. Is there much different, like, for people that are going to come here or that maybe aren't here this year but have been in years past, is it different in the way that it's set up with COVID or, or with the expansion or just in general? Is, is this one much different than others? All of the above. This is going to be one that they're going to talk about for decades because we did go through the expansion. The convention center added a whole entire hall, and that gave us an opportunity to kind of recalibrate and restructure where we were going to put some of the exhibitors. So for the collision industry, we've moved them from the North Hall into the Upper South Hall. We partnered them with tools, and then we took the collision education and put it directly adjacent to the exhibit space. So that was something that we'd been wanting to do for years and years and years, and we saw this opportunity to do it. So our floor plan has changed, and what we're hoping is that over the next three to five years, it's really going to start to grow and, and come into its own, where you'll have education, some seminars, and networking, and exhibits all in the same place, and really be a show within a show. I was going to say, it sounds like the goal is to kind of streamline it for those collision folks that are going to come. Is that a, kind of a good way to describe it all that's going to be right there and then kind of a one-stop shop for them? Yeah, we want to make everybody's time really efficient because you're only here for a set amount of hours. So the more connection that we can make for people between an exhibitor and a buyer or between an educator and a student, those are the types of things we're trying to facilitate. So we saw this opportunity to do it um, across the whole show, and really that's going to be where we're going to keep growing into the future. And another n new, new thing that's happening this year on Friday, it's, it's going to be fully open to the public, which first time that's ever happened. What was the thought process behind that? What are you hoping that does for the, 
you know, for the conference and for just everything moving forward. So that was a really interesting one because we have a 53-year history of, of being a business-to-business event. But what we saw with COVID was there was more of a direct connection in the marketplace between an end-user enthusiast and a manufacturer. So once we saw the marketplace change, our goal with the show is, is to be a direct reflection of the marketplace. And we thought, okay, if the manufacturers are going more direct with the end user enthusiasts, let's see if we can facilitate that at the show on a trial basis this year and see how it, it's, it's accepted. So we made a limited amount of tickets available. There's 5,000, and you can do that through an upgrade pass to our SEMA Ignited event which has always been an open to the public event on Friday after the show. But this year you can buy an upgrade that gets you a Friday experience at the SEMA show uh, for that one day. And we're, we're excited to see how it's going to work. Um, and we're excited to see really what the next three to five years are going to be like, if it does, how we can capitalize on that and really reflect the market back to the industry and be able to serve everyone's needs. Yeah, so it, it really sounds like it's, you know, it's kind of a one-year trial run or at least a couple-year trial run see what happens. If it's great, we're going to keep it. If not, for those maybe that are worried about it, okay, maybe if it doesn't go well, we're, we'll cut it out. Like, is that is that kind of where it's at right now? No, so what, what we noticed was as the marketplace changed, and it was it was really this, um, this phenomenon that happened where people were back at home and they seemed to be working on their cars and, and more into the hobby. And some of our manufacturers were experiencing record sales that they've had in the history of their company. So that was what took note for us. And we really just want to make sure that we're on to something. So it's, it's not necessarily a one-year trial, but it's a recognition of the marketplace, what's going on in the marketplace, and being able to facilitate that for our, our members in our industry. Well, we touched on a little bit just with the new, the new things that collision, for the collision repair side that they can come do. Anything else that you want to add in terms of that haul and for our listeners who are mostly shop owners, what they want to know if they haven't been or if they're coming just about the collision repair haul? No, so collision repair for me is uh, is a great haul because there's so much um, there's so much enthusiasm for it, and we're connected with the CIC and SCRS, and and I get in my position the opportunity to be uh, at some of the board meetings that SCRS has, and, and work closely with the CIC, and um, and really I've got this um, this passion to be able to help them uh, push. The, the, the industry forward. Um, so I'm close to uh, both the MSOs and the independent shop owners and, uh, and really trying to figure out how we can make it better for the industry. So right now, we're sort of on the tip of the iceberg for the potential. And I think there's an opportunity to create more tooling opportunities, to create more training opportunity. And I think over the next three to five years, that's a path we're going to go down so that when you come to the show, you can see all the new products and see the innovation, but you might be able to get trained or get a CEU or something like that and be able to go back to your shop uh, more equipped to be able to deal with your customers and your business and really build uh, the whole thing for the whole year. Well, Tom, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us, and and we look forward to a great show. Okay, thank you. It's great to be here. Something else that always kicks off the SEMA show is the Collision Industry Conference's November meeting, and this year was no exception. Chairman Daryl Amberson um, kicked off the meeting, and numerous topics were discussed, including AI estimating, Uh, the nuts and bolts of electrification, and a really interesting panel discussion that Daryl moderated about OE certifications and DRPs and whether it's possible for shops to be on both of those programs. 
that was a panel discussion with two OEM representatives, two insurers, and a representative from OE Connection. Um, it was extremely interesting, at times a little contentious, and if you want to read about those takeaways, definitely head to thunderbender.com. Mm -hmm.